You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Hello and welcome to Following the Way. I want to welcome you to what is our 20th episode and uh, want to welcome you if you're watching on Facebook Live or whether you're going to be watching this on YouTube or whether you're tuning into this on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It's good to be together. And we've been going through the book of John uh, in the last number of podcasts. And uh, today we're going to be in John 11. And this is a familiar passage to many, a familiar story uh, when it comes to Lazarus and his death and Jesus's response. And it's, it's striking in many respects and perhaps troublesome in, on some levels as well for us. And so I want to get into this, but uh, it says in, in John 11, verse 1, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And I want to I wanna talk about what happened here in this situation and around the idea that we, we see that Jesus actually allowed Lazarus to die. Despite what we read here, we know that what happens is that Jesus actually, he waited and stayed two days longer, it says, in the place that he was. That's in verse 6. And he knew what was going to happen to Lazarus. At least momentarily, he knew that. And he said there in verse 6, sorry, in verse 4, he said that this was for the glory of God and what it would accomplish. And I would say that Jesus was referring to what it would accomplish in Mary and in Martha and in Lazarus, as well as in his disciples. We see that later in their response. But I, I want to talk about the idea that, and, and the, the truth that God allows difficult and painful circumstances in our lives. And when God allows pain and when we ask, where is God? This is a, a passage that can be very, very helpful for us because Jesus reveals here that he was allowing this to happen and, and as difficult as it is to understand, he was allowing it to happen to further his work and to accomplish his purposes in the lives of those around him. And like we see in Mary and Martha in their response when Jesus comes and Lazarus has died and they don't understand it, we will not understand it in the moment. We will not understand why Jesus allows certain things to happen and why uh, he uh, doesn't allow certain things to happen. But I want to I talk around the idea that the way of Jesus is the way of the cross in our lives. The way of loss, the way of grief, grief and the way of death before resurrection. It's the death of self and confronting 
parts of ourselves that are actually in opposition to the way of Jesus. This is the call of discipleship. It is the call to come and die. And we see this throughout the New Testament. And we see this actually in Jesus' own disciples. I was thinking about this today. We see this in Peter. When you look at Peter and you see the deception and the arrogance that was in him early on, the fear of what others would think, uh, not just even before Jesus' death, but even after. We see that when Jesus or when Peter denies Jesus, uh, when he's arrested. And we also see it later where Paul has to confront Peter in the way that he's treating the Gentiles with the Jewish people. And we read that in Galatians where Peter was dealing with this fear of what others would think. And he was image conscious about how he would be perceived. And yet when we look at Peter, we see this work of transformation that takes hold of him and takes place in him throughout uh, what we read of him in the New Testament. And and when, by the time we get to his letters later in the New Testament, he's speaking of self-control and he's speaking of steadfastness. And he even speaks at one point of former ignorance, he writes. And I, I wonder if that's almost a result of the self-actualization that had taken place in him where he realizes the ignorance that he had walked in and what God had done in him. And we see this in James and John as well, where uh, there's there's pride and there's ego in them and need for recognition. They, they want to be seen and heard and, and be placed in uh, seats of honor with Jesus. Their mother even, uh, she, she uh, comes to Jesus and asks him on their behalf if they can have these places of honor beside Jesus. And, and, we, and so we see that there is this need in them. There's this need for their things to be broken in them, for character transformation to happen. And then when we, we see of John later in the New Testament, what, what are his letters? What are they, are they permeated with? What, what sort of defines his letters? And it's love for one another. It's serving one another. The, the, uh, the need for recognition and ego and and to be seen is is absent it's gone there's transformation that has happened in john and so when we think about what god allows in our lives and when he allows painful things in our lives we need to remember and it's so good to remind ourselves that god is working all things together for our good and, and when we think about lazarus and what happened here in john 11 Jesus loved Lazarus. It actually says this in the passage there in, in verse 5 that he Jesus loved Lazarus and his family. He was deeply moved by his death. And so you go, well, well why did he allow it? Because he actually did allow it to happen. He could have stopped it. He could have, have simply uh, sent a word that, that Lazarus was not going to die. And yet he did. But he was moved by it. He, he was actually moved he wept and he was deeply moved by the fact that Lazarus had died more than once in the passage. He wasn't absent. He wasn't distant in any respect. And so it's so good to remind ourselves of this when we go through hard, painful circumstances that God is at work and Jesus is not absent. In this, in this season that we're in, in this moment that we're in, I want to ask a question of us. Where is the Holy Spirit calling you to die? Where is he putting before you in this time of uncertainty and frustration? 
that which needs to be put to death in you. And, and the truth is, when we know that these are difficult days for many of us, there is things that are not easy for us. And uh, one of the most impacting books that I have, have ever read, uh, and, I, and I keep coming back to in this season right now, is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. And, and this book, it, it speaks about an examination of how our emotional history, our makeup and experiences, they cannot be separated from our spiritual life. Living as, those, as though those two things are a separate uh, reality um, or, or living as, as if those two things are separate is denying reality, actually, because our, our emotional makeup, our emotional health, uh, what we're experiencing emotionally is woven together with our spiritual life. They're deeply and intricately connected. And so in this moment of COVID, which means that there's, we're experiencing restrictions and limitations, there's loss, there's change of all manner that we're experiencing, there's school at home, and, and all of these things that we are experiencing, and, and some to different levels, but what it's doing, one thing that I've thought about recently that I, that I, I see it doing in myself and and I know that others are sharing these these similar things is that it's magnifying sin and character issues within us. The pressures of this moment, the changes of this moment, the losses of this moment, the the pressures and and the things that are outside of our control are bringing up this sin and character stuff within us that is very, very real. And so, emotionally healthy spirituality is very relevant for us. And so I want to, I want to just um, share a couple things from um, that book at the beginning that I found very helpful for myself. And that is a couple of the symptoms and, and Pete Scazzaro lists several, but a couple of the symptoms of emotionally healthy spirituality that are very relevant in this moment. Number one, denying the impact of the past upon the present. And so this is this is speaking about how there's the need to go back and break free from unhealthy and destructive patterns that prevent us from loving ourselves and others as God designed. And it's in moments like this that we sometimes will be brought to the surface, these things that we see in ourselves that we know that we need to deal with. A second symptom of emotionally unhealthy spirituality is covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure in our lives. And the truth is that we are all deeply flawed and broken. And there's no exceptions to that. There's no one that is outside of that. And, and so to realize this and to admit that and to try and live out of this truth that we have deep flaws, that we're broken, and that we need healing in an image-obsessed culture, this is hard because the, the culture that we're living in, at worst, will simply deny this reality, deny that this is even uh, the case. And at best, it will actually seek to manipulate this for self-glorification, where we'll admit weakness, but we're actually admitting weakness in order to boost our fragile egos. Rather, than seeking healing from Jesus and actually walking through the difficult manner of it. 
But it is going through death in our lives, going through death in, in the various issues and aspects of our lives that leads to resurrection life. And in the midst of this in our lives, we need to remember, like Lazarus, Jesus is not absent. Jesus was not unaffected. He was not unmoved by what happened to Lazarus. He was there. He was present and he was at work. And I think it's very helpful to see in what was happening with Lazarus there to remind ourselves of what Jesus said in verse 4 when he first got word that Lazarus was ill and that he was on the doorstep of, of physically dying. And Jesus said, this illness does not lead to death. Now, momentarily, it did. But Jesus knew that there were, he had a much greater purpose at work in this. And he said, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. When we go through tough, difficult circumstances in our lives, when we're allowing Jesus to take us through processes and through situations, allowing him to highlight in us what needs to die and, and, and things that we need to put to death in order to come into resurrection life, it's so, so helpful and it's so, um, it's, it's so soothing to remember that Jesus is going to be glorified through it. That lives that point to Jesus, that, that our lives will, will be lives that point to him and make much of him. And so to end this, I want to I just uh, lead us and, and, and leave you with a question uh, more to, to help you practice in following the way of Jesus. And, and that would be this, um, to go away and to consider what is Jesus highlighting in you in these days that needs to be put to death in order to bring you into new life, transforming an area of your life? Where is he inviting you to walk through a process that will lead you into the fullness of life in him and leading you into the joy that is found in him as you get free from destructive patterns of behavior or character issues in your life that Jesus is highlighting in order so that he can bring healing in you. It's for his glory and like Lazarus, it's ultimately for our good as well. Bless you as you go forth from today, as you go forth today. It's good to be together. Trust that this was a blessing to you. We'll see you again.